everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. It's also just like exposing the underbelly of your business. It's like, I'm not who you see at an event that's super polished, high functioning (laughs) person. The last thing I want to kind of put out there sometimes is like me eating a bag of chips, watching Gilmore Girls and like answering on my phone and the posting to social media with a computer. Like the last thing I want people to know is that I'm like multitasking to the nth degree right. and I'm just like trying to survive most days. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all the challenges that come with starting a business, between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company, we wake up and hustle every day. But we love what we do. And today we're talking with Jordan Kentris, owner of A Good Day, an eclectic one-of-a-kind stationary company that establishes a unique brand for each event. From save the dates and invitations to day of signage and menus, Jordan draws inspiration from his diverse array of interests spanning fashion, architecture, interior design, and film to curate an aesthetic that perfectly matches each client's vision for their celebration. Jordan was recently recognized by BizBash as one of the most innovative people in 2020 for his creative, holistic approach to virtual events. Jordan, welcome to Hustle & Gather. Thank you so much for having me, Courtney and Dana. I'm so pumped. We are so excited to have you. So excited. Most innovative people in 2020, so... Thanks for making time for us. I know that's a big order though. (laughs) I know. Take some time out of innovation to talk to us. Well, I just mean 2020 was like, like, I think creatively stunted everybody. That's true. So I think congrats to you for pushing through it. Thank you. Moving beyond survival. I mean, the the, the business doesn't look anything like it did pre-COVID, which is both good and mind boggling. It's the constant evolution. So I'm grateful for the opportunities that my clients kind of warrant me. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. That's, that's totally a great perspective to have. So good and yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. So we absolutely love your work. If you haven't checked out his Instagram, definitely check it out. It is so Beautiful. inspirational mm-hmm. and we are excited to learn more about your story and how you got to where you are today. So we know you have like a background in art and design and can you walk us through how you first got started in all of that? Yeah. So my mom had me do art as a child. Like, how far back do we want to go? No, I did art all growing up. In high school, I also did web development and it kind of became this like hybrid world for me. About seven, eight years ago, I really missed working with my hands. So my background's actually working for advertising agencies and user experience design, crazy big clients, really big things there, which is amazing but I really missed like creating with my hands. And so my husband at the time currently like brooches. So I started a brooch business making brooches with wood and paper because it was just something different. And I got to play with things. And then the business evolved. I've always had a love for paper, but the business evolved into wedding stationery because my brother was getting married and I wanted to gift him his wedding invitations. And I did them. It was a crazy, insane project. (laughs) I would never, never take on that kind of amount of work in that short of time. Again, it's a big Greek wedding. I learned to foil letterpress 
laser cut all the hand assembly on a tabletop press in my kitchen. Like first project, it was like all the things. We printed over 1,500 pieces for the entire wedding. It's a four-piece wedding suite, 175 guests. It was insane. It sounds like a high margin for error. Like how much extra paper did you buy for that? All all the extra. I still have the extra paper. paper. Okay. (laughs) I could only imagine. I was like, I I hate this stupid blue now. But so from there, I was like, I got the itch and I was like, I I need to do more of this. So I launched about six months later with a 16 piece collection of semi-custom wedding suites. And it just kind of bloomed from there. I do fully custom now just because I find that my customers were always customizing semi-custom way past (laughs) semi-custom. So I was like, this does not serve any purpose. (laughs) It's not serve any purpose. Uh, It's more work because then they're like, let's change the color. Let's change the background. Let's change the fonts. And I was like, point we're basically starting from scratch <laughs> right um, so you like none of this actually <laughs> yeah. yeah but they have no idea like I I dabble in like graphic design and I did like a couple of invitation suites and like oh just change this just change the color I'm like you you have no idea the amount of effort it takes to change a watercolor color like it's oh. not just stick a button on it you have to go to like like the nth degree to make sure it's the right thing and oh, yeah. if it prints well it's just yeah totally hear you on that Yeah. The whole office is happy. Dana no longer does invitations. It would stress me out so much. (laughs) So kudos to you. I I love it when people are so inspired and have that creative tendency because we know and can appreciate how much work goes into every single one of those pieces. And if I never see a glue dot again, it'll be too soon. Like literally (laughs) those stupid glue guns. They're like not fail safe. Uh, So frustrating. No, not at all. I've ruined so many, many dollars worth of rolls. I put it on backwards and I was like, I was like, this is not the time. It's 3 a.m. I'm exhausted. Right. Like, be doing this right now. Always at 3 a.m. I know. We're like cutting paper. Like there's a whole assembly line of people oh, yeah. trying to get it done. It always ends with, damn it, Courtney. Like, why didn't you tell me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The worst is like, for, for me, it's like trying to run out to like Michael's mm-hmm. 15 minutes before it closes. And I'm yes. like, do I have everything I need to do my production for the rest of the evening? Yes. That is hundred percent the truth. And normally the answer is no. Like I, I just always buy extras of everything. So I was like, I know I'm going to need it at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got like six pair of really nice scissors. Cause I've had one on every floor of my house. Cause I'm like, right. I don't know where it's going to be. I need to put them down. <laughs> yes. Well, those are yes. the scissors like to walk yeah. off. Totally digress. So we can appreciate how <laughs> yes. much effort went into making, getting back to your story your yes. brother's invitation suite. Like that's amazing so, for your like, first time. Positioning yourself in the market and any market that you're in, I think is, it's hard to figure that out. It's hard to kind of figure out really what your secret sauce is and what people are attracted to. But one of the things that we really love about following on Instagram and your social media is your authenticity. How did you get there? I think it's really hard for a lot of entrepreneurs to kind of put that transparency and that authenticity out there. So how did you find kind of balancing that and figuring that out for your company? I think for me, it's actually been a very long time. Again, working in advertising, there's a lot of artifice mm. in like what, what big brands do on social. There's no personality really there. You know, talking out and customer service, I'm doing air quotes, listeners. <laughs> like there is customer service, but you know, it's not really a one-to-one relationship. It's It's on a global scale. And for me, I really wanted to try and push past a little bit of that because I was feeling really disconnected, just posting pretty pictures and being like, look at what I can do. To me, it was a really big gap in 
in me getting behind it, like I'm not a big fan of social uh, in a sense that it's, it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. and I don't love doing that. So it takes me a lot of effort to do it. I know it's so, I think it's so hard. It's like, I don't want to say get over yourself, but almost get over yourself in a way. Like, cause you're like, who gives a shit really at the end of the day, you know, that's what it feels like. Like, who are you? Who am I? Like, who cares beyond me and this one client that I'm working for? I guess because maybe I don't care about a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I think that when I see things, I'm like, what do I care? I think there is some truth to that, but I also think a lot of it is because when you put yourself out there, like you're, you're asking for feedback, whether you really want it or not, like you're asking for people to weigh in on who you are. So there's this almost like expectations you set on yourself of like, Oh, I'm not like, I'm not going to hop on my story and you're not going to see my face unless I've actually like put some makeup on or I look halfway decent, right? They're not going to see the real state. Like most people, when they see on our Instagram, it's like a day I've actually decided to take a shower and put on some real clothes (laughs) as opposed to 90% of the time I'm wearing athleisure, not working out and my hair is in a messy ponytail and it's not clean, you know, and there's like this fear of being that authentic self, because I don't know if it makes you feel less, less bossy or less of a boss. I don't know. Or like less credibility, maybe. Less credibility. Yeah. Yeah. I would I, probably say that that would, would probably be it is mm-hmm. that, that fear that, you know, it's also just like exposing the underbelly of your business. It's like, yeah. I'm not who you see at an event who is like, that's super polished, you know, high functioning <laughs> person or at home. I'm like, you know, a mid-level functioning husband, person yeah, like on a my good husband, day. We watch Gilmore Girls every year. My husband, it's one of my husband's favorite TV shows. So I'm like, at any time we're watching Gilmore Girls at some point in one of the series. So I'm just like, the last thing I want to kind of put out there sometimes is like me eating a bag of chips, watching Gilmore Girls right. and like answering on my phone and the posting to social media with a computer. Like the last thing I want people to know is that I'm like multitasking to the nth degree right. and I'm just like trying to survive most days. <laughs> right. But that's what it is. I, I mean, just assume most people know that we're multitasking to the nth degree and trying to survive. Well, yeah. It doesn't I come mean, across. Like, oh, really? Yeah, as planners, I think they, they assume that we juggle mm-hmm. a lot and a lot of us, but I mean, ultimately they don't really know, like yeah. for me at a given time, I might have, you know, 12 to 50 wedding jobs on the go. I don't, my clients don't really know that. They just know that I'm working with them and they know that yeah. I have other work. Like, unless I'm like, I put it out there and say, I only take eight clients a year and you're one of my eight clients. The client's going to assume that there are seven other clients. Most of our other clients don't know how many clients we have on our roster. They don't know yeah. that we're recording podcasts or writing <laughs> a blog post or being featured. Like they have no idea of those things, all the yeah. extra, they don't know if you're the accountant. They don't see any of that stuff. And we don't really be like, hi, I cost as much as I cost because I'm a one-person job who does literally the job of 46 people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and that's why you pay me what you pay me right. other than my skill set. Like mm-hmm. we don't really talk about that, but that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think it would be helpful? Like if you think about the industry and clients and especially, I mean, talking right now specifically about the wedding industry. And I think any other industry where you are people facing and your hospitality service-based do you think it would be helpful for them to know, like, this is my plate, or do you think it would be harmful? I think it's worth, like, if it's part of your brand, embrace it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Try and put okay. it, like, put out there what 
you think is going to be relevant to your clients. Because if your clients are the kind of like super type A people who want to make, who want to feel like they're like the only client in the world, I wouldn't be like, I'm juggling a million things. Cause then they're going to be like, I don't really trust you. Right. Uh, you need to kind of put forward, like when you and I talk, you get every bit of my brain <laughs> and mm-hmm. full focus. And then I'm going to stop working on you and I'm going to go do other things and let you know that that's how I work. And when we're working, we're working when we're not, you know, you may hear from me, you may not. <laughs> like, I have a question are, for you yeah. in general, like, cause you're do you do some like speaking and like some consulting, which is related to your creative brand, but it's not necessarily the same thing as your creative brand. Like your audience is different. Your client is different. So Dana and I have definitely ran into issues where we've said things on our hustle and gather brand that just speaks to our authentic experience through 2020, or it speaks mm-hmm. to us as entrepreneurs or speaks to us as bosses where there has been some trickle over from like our venue or our event planning company. And they're like, Hey, I saw that you said on this brand X, Y, Z, and they're pertaining it to what's going on with this brand. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of yeah, like yeah, crossover. Yeah. So it's like, it kind of gives you pause, like how authentic and real am I going to be? Am I going to be able to grow this brand in an authentic way when I'm also like my street cred is this, right? right? This is my business. This is what's, this is what's paying this bill, basically. You know what I mean? (laughs) And allowing me to even be in this realm, but it's like, it's like a catch 22. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a, a weird space. I find Mm -hmm. like, I find that there are coaches who are just coaches and then there are pros who are just pros. And then there are this weird, this like middle ground where I'm essentially exposing all the work that I do with my clients and talking about how I do all that. And also referring to those clients as examples, um, (laughs) which is like slightly like, I'm like, "Hmm, I don't know, but I'm like, also they have to realize that as a human, I'm going to talk about the things that I'm, that worked well. I'm never like slandering a specific client. It might be that job didn't work as well as I wanted it to be because I didn't manage it. Well, I didn't have the right processes in place. I didn't have those things. And that's how I tend to frame those conversations rather than the bridezilla was the problem. It was, you know, we didn't have the stakeholders involved at the right times for approvals. Like we didn't have the mother of the bride who was paying for the wedding involved at the right stages. Like those are things you might want to talk about, which then there's the education and rather than you know, that vendor was mean and I didn't like them. <laughs> like not that ever is the case, but you know, just like, right. that's never the case. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's great. Never, ever. Perfect. Rainbows and butterflies. That's right. That's Always. That's the best name for a company, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Good name for a kid's company, actually. It would be. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's very true. I bet. I mean, it's, it's hard. It is hard to, I, I think even between our planning company and our venue, it's two different, with two different ideal clients. It's two different people. Sometimes there's crossover, but yeah. not every single time. About 10 times a year. Yeah. That's, that's about crossover. what it is yeah. when it crosses over. But yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a tricky very quantifiable. Thing. Like when yeah. you're just trying, and I think I, what's so hard about it and what I found so frustrating about this experience Courtney is talking about is that I am a human and people forget that as business owners, that you are a person. And it's not about you hurt my feelings, but it's about, I am multifaceted. Like you only see a very small part of me. And it really, honestly, it's probably most of it's fake. Like it's not even genuinely, truly who I am. 
it's me as projecting a, a business, a boss or, or like growing a company. Right. And there's so much more to me that they don't know. And they assume that because they met me this one time and they follow my business page, they know everything about me. Like they know yeah. exactly how I should be. Like we had a mom one time just being like, you're better than this. It's like, you don't know me. I'm way worse yes. than that. I could be, I could be like not even up to par that you think that I am. Like actually I'm not better than using the word bitch on my Instagram, just so you know. Like right. if you knew me in real life, I swear like a sailor and oh, you would be too. embarrassed 100%. to be around me. Like, but it was just so like, who are you? Like, like they just they feel like they own you in a way, like they that they can yeah, speak into they, your they, life. They see the persona, but it's the same kind of essence of like a celebrity where you're only yes. seeing that very little sliver. I'm not to say they're all celebrities, but you know, our clients yeah. are looking to us. We all are, but anyway. always, <laughs> but essentially it's like, you know, they see that sliver. That's where I was like showing a bit of that authenticity allows them to realize that we are, are human and that we're, we might be struggling. We might be overwhelmed. We might be doing those things yeah. and that we're not going to be that perfect person who's going to show up and, you know, bend over backwards and do whatever they say, because that's not you as a person. But I feel you- like there's very few industries that are like the wedding industry where spoken no. mirrors and all about mm-hmm. the client and very image focused and all the ways, right? Like hundred percent looks on the day, how your vendors are, how happy everybody is that like, there's no, like, I can't think of a more pressure situation than maybe if you were like an obstetrician or something, like maybe if you're giving birth or helping people give birth to other humans, right? Like you probably have to like, I feel like they're allowed to actually show stress though. I think they're going to be like, I don't know. Mine couldn't, I would have freaked out, but uh, (laughs) I definitely did. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if you think about it, like how much importance people put on this day and how much pressure there is to perform for this one moment, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that Eminem song. Like, you know, you only got the one moment. You're not going to let it pass. But for us, this is our work. This is what we do. This is what we do hundreds of times a year. This isn't our one moment. This is like Tuesday. It happens, yeah. you know, 52 times. So it's like kind of like having that perspective of, yes, I'm human. Yes, I prioritize. And I understand the gravity of this day. You're special. Yes, but one of many too. I think it's just in how you frame that conversation mm-hmm. with your clients and let them know that like, if you're positioning it as you're the only person in the world, of course, I expect that. Right. If it's, you know, not that you're one of many, but we do work on multiple events concurrently. Right. We have quite a bit on the go and that's why we require meeting scheduled and we don't accept tech. Like if you let the, if you let your clients know what the ground rules are, very rarely will they overstep the occasional time. There might be challenges. It might be like, yeah, I know, but it's also just like time of COVID where you're just Mm -hmm. like the regulations just change changed again and they changed tomorrow and then mm-hmm. they changed on third and of course you're going to get on the phone and there's panic and those kind of things right. we're in a different time period but most of the time we're able to be like listen you know I have a family I have a life I have I'm on vacation yeah. like like those kind of things if you let your clients know that in advance and give them that context there's a lot less chance for that sense of panic because they know they can't reach you 24 7 so one of the wedding planners I worked with did position themselves that way. And I would be getting texts from them at like literally 2.30 AM being like, the client's asking for this. And I'm like, well, A, I'm sleeping. And B, <laughs> I'll deal with And you it. should be too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with it tomorrow. And mm-hmm. then it, like, I'm like, how are you guys 
making money on this job? Like, how are you able to sustain your business that way? And I've, I've worked with them enough that I'm like, I know that you should be charging more. You should be doing things a little bit differently, but it's not my place to tell you how to run your business. Mm-hmm. But I'm more just like, I'm not going to respond to you after 9 p.m. Right. Or I'm not going to respond to you after 7 p.m. I'll do my best. I'll see your email, but know that I'll respond to it the next day. Mm-hmm. If it's an emergency, just like ping me and I'll, I'll do my best. Like I'll try, but most of it's not. It's like, did we get that right paper color? Like that's not the end of the world, guys. Like we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So on on your journey, right, for starting a good day and whatnot, did you ever have, and we like to ask everyone this question, like that, oh shit moment, like where you're just like, what have I done? I cannot overcome this. Or I'm feeling like I just made a, a bad decision in my life choices. Like there's many times I've looked at day and I've been like, it's like I'm regretting my life choices right now. Right. <laughs> Often. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a project. It was an amazing wedding. It was like a million dollar wedding, like a legit million dollar wedding. Mm-hmm. The couple uh, ha- had their wedding on a private estate, clear cut part of the forest. It was insane. We, they built a structure. The florist had to hand laser cut 60,000 paper butterflies to suspend from the trees. Insane. Crazy people. It was amazing. Yeah. But this wedding uh, invitation. Sounds like vampires getting married, honestly. It looked it was like, like, like okay, okay. All right. All that's what I'm imagining space. here. I'm like, was it there like was, an Edward Cullen and a Bella? Yeah, a million times. Okay. That one. Um, the wedding invitations started out relatively small. My husband takes part in the business sometimes, and he happened to come to the to the pitch and, and me kind of meeting the couple and pitching what we could potentially do. The couple really wanted some like crazy invitations. And the conversation started with, oh, we want an invitation that's like a pop-up. And I was like, okay, well, we can do that. And they're like, oh, we like this idea of it being 3D. And then like, what if we did a boxed invitation with 3D flowers that popped out of it. And I was like, okay, this is starting to get crazy. And I was like, so we started in one spot and I was like, okay, what if we did like 10 flowers? The box is going to be like three by three. It's going to be really tiny. By the time the job was done, it was a seven inch by seven inch cork box that was all handmade. The paper was flown in from Germany because I'm, I'm like that. Each box had 45 handmade paper flowers, each three color foil laser cut invitation popped out of it when the box opened up. Each invitation took over 40 hours to produce. That was never what I signed up for at the beginning. It just ballooned as we went. The job literally took me three months. It almost cost me my marriage. It it was working literally 16 hours a day trying Mm -hmm. to produce this wedding. All the invitations had to be hand delivered. It was crazy. But I learned so much in that job. Like literally at the time I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but now I'm like, I will not do that again. But I also want to do projects like that in the sense, but I also know to give myself a lot more money <laughs> and a lot more time and to have a team around me. Because at the time I didn't. And then by the end, my I had to ask a few wedding frienders to just be like, I'm like, I'm stuck. And they're like, we will gladly come help you. And I was like, I didn't even want to inconvenience you. And they're like, listen, we're here for you. And I was like, I had no idea, but I didn't know to ask because it was like, I can't ask them. They have lives. They have, they're busy. They have weddings. And they're like, listen, we'll come for the next three days and help you glue shit to fucking paper. Like, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Tell me what you need. And I will come help you. But I mean, it was like an amazing feeling to know that I had a community behind me that I didn't know. I knew they were there, but you never really realize they're there yeah. until like the 11th hour. And they're like, why are you doing this? <laughs> I love that. You're like, I don't know. Let's 
Let's talk about that later, but let's get through it right now. I know, but I <laughs> love that. Having a nervous breakdown. The job is being picked up on Tuesday. Let's go. I know. <laughs> let's get all existential later. But it's like, it's so, I don't know. It's like, we actually just did a clubhouse talk uh, last, I guess, earlier this it week. It was yesterday. Oh, it was yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. Actually. Holy hell. It's been uh, like the longest week It ever. has been the longest week. And it was about community over competition. Like, when is it harmful? When is it helpful? And, you know, one of the things that I talked about was, you know, when we're friends with our competitors, there'll never be a point where I am fighting for a client where I'm going to lose my community. Like my community is more important than that client because they're going to be there long after that client. But it's so telling, I think that, and you're so correct that there's times when I know that I have felt like underwater and whether that's work-related or whether it's personally related and you could just put like, like, almost like a call out there, like, oh my God, I'm struggling. And the amount of people that come back and either affirm you or talk shit about the person you're upset about or whatever the case may be, but they come to your, they come to your side and they are, they're your community. It's such, it's such a great feeling. And it makes you think that for me, it's no matter how successful I am, I know that I was successful. And the fact that I have relationships and I've connected with people and they've impacted my life in so many ways. Like, I know that sounds super cheesy and like I should be on a Hallmark card, but no, I mean, like the one thing I've actually really appreciated about COVID is I actually think it brought our our local community together here Mm -hmm. in Toronto. Like there was a lot of us didn't really talk. We talked in like pods and there were a lot of cliques, but we actually have like a, a central WhatsApp group where there's like 80 or 90 of us now who are just like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to book this venue. I can't get a hold of them. Do you guys have a contact? And literally like 12 planners are like, yes, talk to this person. I just spoke to them. They're not booking until February. Like, like these kind of things never happened before because we were all so precious about our relationships with our vendors. And, you know, right. that's my vendor and I use them almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like a lot of that has kind of dissolved because we're all at the point where we're just like, we have no choice we need guidance and we all have different little levels of expertise. And that's what I kind of love about our community, especially when we're not like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I talk to stationers who I literally refer work to. I'm like, you're a better fit for that client. Mm. It's not my client and vice versa. Or sometimes we're bidding on the same job. But to me, at the end of the day, I'd rather be friends. I'm not going to be friends with that client really in in realistic. I'm probably friends with like 2% of my client base after the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll I talk, talk to, to each other on social. Like, I'm like, how are you doing? You had a baby. Congrats. Amazing. That's the yes. extent of it. Like, we're not, I'm right. like, come over to my house for a barbecue. Like, that's not <laughs> happening, guys. But I might do that with a few of my wedding mm-hmm. vendor friends because I'm like, we literally work together, you know, 12 jobs a year and we're working 20 hours a week sometimes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I like you. You're like me. Our families know each other. Like, all those kind of things. So for me, that's a lot more important. And sharing a resource is not the end of the world. Like you're not giving up trade secrets uh, right. because ultimately we are IP, so to speak. Like our clients are hiring us. They're not hiring us for our vendors. Right. They're hiring those vendors for those like their specialties. So like mm-hmm. it's all it all comes down to relationships and and building those relationships to me is a lot more important than fighting over a client, even if it's a great client. <laughs> Yeah. I, and I think that's just, I think that's the thing that for us, luckily we had each other. So like we never were like alone, but when you're in your own echo chamber in a way, cause that's what we were is we were just in our own world and every, like we thought the same way about everything. Like, oh, we're not on this list because of X or 
you know, you had your opinions about other things, but when you get out of the echo chamber and you start to build that community, you realize how lonely you really were. Like at the end of the day, like we were just very lonely. Like we had no idea that the, that people were experiencing the same thing and struggling with the same thing and had those same worries and fears and whatnot. And we just thought, I don't know, very selfishly, I guess, narcissistically thought we were just these (laughs) one-offs. Like everyone has it together. Everyone's fine. Like nobody's that's that artifice of social where you're just like, Oh my God, you have the best clients and your weddings look amazing. Except you literally like turn the photo and there's like, right. Not that many flowers in that photo. (laughs) No linens on that table. Like we all manufacture an element of our work because we need it to look a certain way. Like we never, I I've never seen a wedding vendor. Who's like, this is the cake that's lopsided <laughs> right? <laughs> because, you know, our clients aren't paying for a lopsided cake. I mean, it might yeah. happen in reality, but you, sure. you just skew the photo. Right. So, I mean, there's a, a, there's that level of polish that, that right. we kind of do because we want to make sure that our clients are, are, are seeing that. I mean, the wedding photos are never what the real wedding was like, you never see the, oh, like yeah. the photo where the groom looks you know, is shirts half untucked. Like there might be a couple of those because you're playful, but that's not him at the altar where he's a little disheveled. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to be in a photo mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because that's not the thing that you're going to want to put out there. It's like so true for all, for all industries though is, and it's, I think that's the harm of social media. I would say like, you're yes. seeing a highlight reel. You're just seeing like the perfected picture, the perfected, whatever, like for any wedding, like we'll only post five pictures. I mean, I can find five good pictures in the ugliest wedding, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Anybody can, you know, like, like the ceiling nature. of the venue. Yeah, right. The yeah. Totally. That's right. Yes. This wonderful yes. light fixture. A hundred percent. So I, nothing I to do with my design, yeah. I know. <laughs> but I think that's like your details per- guys. Pick yes. the venue street strategically. <laughs> we don't need to see those. It's fine. <laughs> but I think that's true for like definitely the wedding industry, but I think all industries it's when you're trying, especially when you're doing that social marketing is you are really just showing the highlight reel and you're just showing that one or two picture that you're trying to prove to the world that this is how it is every single time. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, you remember Dove used to be like super, like super highly manufactured. And now it's all about real beauty and kind of natural they're still like slightly retouched, but it's not, you know, airbrushed photos and they're right. you know, regular air quotes people. Regular Some of them people. are more, yeah. more conventional, but I mean, that idea, like, I'd love to see more of that in our industry of this bouquet isn't, it's like slightly askew. It's, it's not the perfect element. It's, you know, there's a tiny bit of dirt on something like that's going to happen guys. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I don't, I try not to over produce some of my photos so that, you know, if it's not perfectly aligned, I, my OCD goes crazy, but sometimes I'm like, I just took the photo. It's done. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what, at the end of the day, the thing the client's going to see is not that the photo is not level or that a line's not lining up properly. They're going to be looking at, wow, that design is beautiful. That paper is really cool. Mm. You can incorporate feathers and wedding and like those kind of things where you're just like, I didn't even know that was possible. Mm -hmm. They don't care about any of the other stuff. They're going to be like focusing on the thing that gravitated towards that and not that, you know, the place setting had the wrong number of forks or right. not. <laughs> right. Right. They also don't know what that means. They have no, clue. I don't like, know what that means. Oh, nice sometimes I do look at those pictures and I'm like, your fork and knife is on the wrong side. hundred percent. But that's also us being like vendor, like get your shit together. Get your shit together. <laughs> 
So just to kind of like wrap up and we totally appreciate all of your time today, but what advice would you give someone who wants to start a creative business in such a competitive market, like the wedding industry? Just get started. Like for me, honestly, that's, that's it. Like I've done it many times where I sit on things for a long time because I don't feel it's ready. It's not perfect for me. And I've learned this over the years is like done is better than perfect. Like Mm -hmm. just get something out there. The thing is you're going to fail no matter what, like don't, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be, you know, the thing you have in your head and failure doesn't mean, you know, you're gonna have to close your business and lose millions of dollars. Like it's not that level of failure, but maybe your idea was I'm going to make widgets and your clients are like, I don't really like widgets, but I like sprockets. And you're like, I can make sprockets. And then you pivot your business. Perfect example. You kind of branched into wedding invitations. You did it for a little bit. It didn't really work. You moved away from it. Right. But you didn't know that you weren't going to like it until you tried it. And then you tried it and you're like, definitely not doing that again. And now we hire the pros. Like those That's are the right. things that you're just like, you, you'd learn through that sense of failure. And for me, that's really, really important. And I've learned it's, it's something that I try and impart on my teams and impart on my coworkers and other people I talk to is, you know, just putting yourself out there is 150% of the battle. Like just being a business and saying, I do something to someone <laughs> makes it real. In, a, in yeah. reality, like if, if I was like, I make wedding invitations and I have no clients, I can still make wedding invitations. Mm. Like no one knows that. Right. <laughs> right. No one's sitting there being like, let me audit your books to determine if you're the right <laughs> person for me. Like it doesn't work. I need a profit and loss statement from last year. <laughs> a please. balance sheet, please. <laughs> yeah, like no one talks about that. They just want to know that they're going to be taken care of and that they're going to be, you know, get that level of service that you're promising at the end of the day. So to me, that's what I would recommend to people is just get out there, do something, and then keep iterating, keep, keep improving it, keep changing, keep pivoting, keep evolving. To me, that's, that's how I've kind of kept in, in the business. I mean, we're going into our eighth year, I think now, like, so it's, it's amazing. I'm super proud of all the work that we've done, but you know, it was, it's not what I started out the business as. Mm. I mean, I've got so many other things now because I've evolved as a person and my business has evolved. My clients have evolved. The niches that I keep kind of focusing down on has evolved. So don't be like, I need to target the ultra lux right away. I mean, you mm. could, but you're, it's going to be really hard to break in there. Like kind of worm your way in and make some relationships. Very rarely will you be like, start and then, a celebrity is calling you up being like, I want you to do my wedding. And you're like, I've made it. I'm in Martha Stewart weddings. Like mm, that's happened to like maybe one person in our entire industry. Right. (laughs) Oh, that's so true. I know that's such good advice. And I think it's, again, like it's so hard. And I, someone said this, like, don't compare your chapter one to somebody's chapter 10. Not like, and Mm -hmm. I think that totally spoke to that, but that's some really, really good advice. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, we thank you so much for your time it's today. So it's been so fun. It's I'm totally awesome. bummed you're not going to experience yeah, when I'd love too. to meet you in person, but I feel like next year. Hang out <laughs> we'll be there next year. We'll be there next year. Yeah. yeah. Lots of travel for next year. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'm like telling everyone, I was like, not this year, but next year I told her to give my husband a forewarning. I was like, listen, <laughs> I am ready to speak. I've been, I'm, out. I've been I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's a date next oh, year at this time. Looking forward to it. 
Thanks everyone for gathering us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Jordan, we picked a Moscow mule. We hope we get the chance to make it this week and cheers to learning through failure. To learn more about Jordan and his business, visit agoodayinc.com or follow him on Instagram at agoodayinc. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com or follow us on Instagram at cndevents, at thebradfordnc, and at hustleandgather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of EarFluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle and Gather.